Uh, what if next time you had a scratchy throat, you could head to the pharmacy for an assessment and then you get a quick script there? You no longer have to go to a walk-in clinic or try and beg your doctor to please. I, I, I have a very important meeting. I can't get sick. I really need your help. I need you to squeeze me in. Pharmacists in Ontario have been advocating for this change for over a decade. And now our uh, health minister, Christine Elliott, says the government really wants to allow pharmacists to go ahead and assess and prescribe medications to you. The Ontarian, Alan Alan Malik joins the show now. He's executive president and chief pharmacy officer uh, for the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome to the show, Alan. Good to have you on. Thanks, Kelly. So this has been the norm in New Brunswick for a while. Have they, has the health minister or the government given you any indication on how this would work, pharmacists being able to prescribe medication for ailments? Um, I think we're still also in the, in, in that same fact-finding mode right now. We're trying to f- get a little bit more in the, in the way of details, but we would expect it would be very similar to uh, the way it would roll out, uh, perhaps uh, in a phased manner, um, but this is, these are conversations that are still yet to be had between ourselves at OPA and with the ministry. Okay, so walk us through how it works right now in New Brunswick. It's, it's been the norm for a while. I'm sure you've looked at that. We have. Uh, I don't have all of the details uh, more specifically, but quite simply, it would be pretty much the same in any jurisdiction where uh, where pharmacists are permitted to act uh, and and practice in this fashion. Basically, you you would uh, you would be looking at uh, at patients who are presenting themselves to the pharmacist uh, at uh, at the pharmacy counter. Uh, pharmacists would take them into. Uh, a consultation room and basically engage in a conversation in a, in a, in a, in a consultation. Not, not too dissimilar to uh, the way a patient would, uh, would present themselves to their physician. The, you know, the uh, chief complaint would be, uh, would be expressed by the patient and then the pharmacist would go through a series of questions um, and, and determine, okay, what's, what's going on here? Uh, what, are, you know, what are the possible you know, possible scenarios that this patient could be facing, and then determine a course of action based on the responses. And it's, it's no different. This is exactly how uh, minor health conditions, and we're talking things like, you know, eye infections, ear infections, uh, perhaps, uh, you know, a strep throat, uh, minor skin irritations, very minor, very, very self-limiting types of conditions. This is a similar, similar type of an approach. What kind of training do pharmacists receive that would qualify them to assess someone and then subscribe medication? Or pre- pre- prescribe medication, rather. Sure. So, so it, it's happening right now. Uh, pharmac- pharmacy students are now graduating with a doctorate level uh, of pharmacy um, and is affectionately known as PharmD. Uh, degree, and they are trained in uh, in these types of assessments and treatments, looking at uh, looking at these these conditions, not just minor conditions. I should I should point out they look at all types of chronic conditions. They look at diabetes care. They look at hypertension, cholesterol management, cardiovascular care, and they are trained in how these conditions present themselves and what the appropriate uh, first, second, even third line treatments might be for these. This is very standard. Uh, for pharmacy training. Uh, and as I said, students now are being trained in this capacity. Um, and pharmacists are, who are in practice uh, are, are also uh, have been prepared in, in the same manner. 
uh, I would probably suggest that you know pharmacists such as myself who have been uh, out of out of school for quite a number of years, you know there may be some uh, some refresher programs that would need to be uh, provided to them to 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 uh, make sure they are um, you know assessing patients in in accordance with current practice guidelines. But but this is pharmacists are very well prepared in this, and quite frankly, they have to be. I say this because they are tasked with making sure that medications that are prescribed by other prescribers, doctors, nurse practitioners, that the therapy is the appropriate therapy. So we need to know uh, what the conditions are, what the appropriate treatments are. So it, it's in many cases, the pharmacist dispensing pathway uh, is mirroring the prescribing pathway. We're speaking with Alan Malik. He's Executive Vice President and Chief Pharmacy Officer for the Ontario Pharmacists Association about Health Minister uh, Christine Elliott saying the government wants to allow pharmacists to assess and prescribe medications to the average Canadian or the average Ontarian. I'm sure that you can see the pros in this, Alan, and all of us can see the pros, the speed you know, not lining up at the doctor's office for something that's not too serious that somebody else can handle. But what are the cons? Are there any cons that you can see from this possible new uh, power that the province may give to pharmacists? Um, other than, um, you know, maybe some, um, I guess, maybe some pushback from, from other uh, other prescribers in terms of, you know, entrenchment on, on scope of practice, um, you know, pharmacists, you know, taking on a role that, that perhaps has been long viewed as either a physician or a nurse practitioner's realm. Uh, quite frankly, I, I don't think that that bears a lot of attention simply because we're talking about and making sure that patients are getting the care that they need, when they need it, where they need it, in a timely fashion. We, we live in a very busy world. The healthcare needs are only growing, uh, and it's getting harder and harder for patients to get in to see their, uh, their physician, to get in to see a nurse practitioner. Uh, and, and we see it all the time in, in the pharmacy. We see you know, patients are getting frustrated. They don't have... Uh, the, uh, they have no desire to wait a week or two in order to get in to see their doctor for what is bothering them right here, right now. They, they want to get their, their condition assessed. What we're talking about is low acuity stuff. We're not talking about getting into broader, you know, broad-based prescribing. We're talking low acuity stuff, self-limiting conditions that pharmacists can very easily recognize that they have the training and the capacity. Uh, I don't see this as being uh, a, a, really any downside. Give us an example of a self-limiting condition. Um, I'll give you, I can give you several. Pink eye is one, um, uh, uncomplicated urinary tract infections, and there's a number of signs and, and symptoms that would, 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 would um, serve as an alert, as a red flag, if you will, to a pharmacist that says, okay, the way this patient is presenting and, and the way they describe their symptoms, this is something that is perhaps a little bit more complicated, and this is something that that warrants a referral to a physician, to a nurse practitioner, or depending on the severity, to an emergency clinic. Uh, that, pharmacists are very good uh, in terms of determining what they are uh, comfortable in dealing with and where it needs referral. Uh, I say this because I am a pharmacist and, right. and, and I, I speak with my colleagues all the time. Uh, we are very, very cautious as health professionals. And if it's something that's outside of our, our realm, outside of our area of, of comfort, we will refer. 
Alan, it would be super convenient. Nobody's going to argue on that. But is there a risk of overprescribing? Because people expect something when they head to the pharmacy. A lot of times they expect something when they head to the doctor's office. And so you've got someone there. You're a pharmacist. You've got someone in your pharmacy. You've got the drugs. Is there not a risk of overprescribing? I don't believe so, Kelly. I think uh, I, I think pharmacists we subscribe to uh, to this notion of, of we have a code of ethics that we uh, we all uh, subscribe to, and it's doing the right thing, you know, by the patient. We all, like physicians, like nurse practitioners, we are very very cognizant of of what we call polypharmacy of over medication. Um, we know uh, we know that if if a prescription medication is not warranted, then it should not be issued as a prescription. Uh, we are very cognizant of, of, can, of, of issues such as uh, antibiotic resistance. So we are definitely uh, not going to be prescribing uh, flippantly. We are not going to be prescribing antibiotics simply because a patient is presenting themselves and wants uh, a magic bullet of some sort. Well, you're not, it. Alan, because, you know... You're the chief pharmacy officer, but what about some of those, you know, other members that we've heard pharmacists that are, you know, a little shadier and have had to, you know, face the law in some cases. What about them? Don't they stand to make more money by prescribing? No, I, 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 I don't believe so. First of all, the, the number of those the number of instances of those cases are exceptionally small. And yes, unfortunately, uh, I, uh, they do manage to garner some attention in, in the media. But the numbers of these cases are exceedingly small. Uh, and I don't see this as being uh, something that is, is, uh, is rampant. Uh, I see, uh, I see pharmacists uh, by large numbers practicing in full accordance with these standards of practice, in full accordance with their code of ethics, and they are going to do what is right by the patient. We've seen this in other jurisdictions. There has been no uh, overprescribing, uh, as, as you phrased it, in, in the other jurisdictions, whether it's New Brunswick, in Saskatchewan, nothing of that nature has occurred. And quite frankly, this is a, 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 a service that has been exceptionally well received by patients. The wait sometimes at a pharmacy to get a script can be long. You know, sometimes you walk in and you're like, oh, I just need to get this really quickly, especially when you've got a urinary tract infection and you really want your drugs right away. Um, would this not make the, the wait a little bit longer at your pharmacy? How would they deal with that? Well, when you, when, quite frankly, the more service you offer, the more time that's going to be involved. No question. I think everyone understands that. Uh, you can look at that in, in any type of, of business. Um, you know, whether you're servicing your car or not, it's things of that nature. More service requires more time. Dispensing, um, it all depends on how you, how you categorize long. You know, there are processes that go on behind the pharmacy counter uh, that, that many patients, uh, many people are just not, not aware. It's the, the double checking, making sure that what has been prescribed is, um, is going to work with that patient's medication profile, that there's no interactions, no contraindications. And sometimes where there are flags, when there are issues that have been identified, the pharmacist needs to pick up the phone uh, or send a message to, to the prescriber to clarify the issues. That all accounts for the time. Uh, the assessments themselves, um, these are not we're not talking about full-on assessments. Uh, these are not full physicals that pharmacists are going to be providing. We're talking about uh, a dialogue, an assessment of the symptoms. Uh, this is not going to be an inordinate amount of time that's going to be added to the whole process. I just thought of another pitfall, Alan. 
I just I want to ask you all about all these because I've got you on the phone and you you know you're you're well versed in what goes on. So you know I'm the average person going in. I was just thinking about uh, the fact that we've got a major problem with people that are addicted to drugs. Uh-huh. Um, what about the the idea that you know a lot of them get stopped at the point of their doctor and saying no. Nope, I'm not prescribing you with this anymore. It's not happening anymore. And they'll go to another doctor and then finally they get cut off. And, you know, the um, the pharmacy that they go to is well aware that they are a problem. Is there any way for you guys to monitor and make sure that this isn't facilitating people like that? Um, is it that you won't be able to prescribe drugs like that? Absolutely. That's exactly. You basically just uh, answered uh, answered the question for me. Uh, pharmacists would not be put into that type of a role uh, with this type of a program. This is uh, strictly about minor conditions, uh, very self-limiting conditions. We're not talking about pain management in the conventional sense that requires an opioid uh, or some other type of controlled substance. That is not uh, what we're talking about here. We're talking about common, very self-limiting uh, types of conditions that are problematic that tend to be causing a lot of backlogs in physicians' offices in terms of waiting room time, uh, possibly adding to hallway health care, uh, this notion of long wait times in an emergency department for very low acuity stuff. That's exactly what the health minister was talking about, taking some of the pressure off of those uh, those types of, of 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 systems, physician offices, nurse practitioners, emergency departments, and allowing health practitioners who are very well trained, very well prepared, very accessible. Often, in many cases, in most cases, I'll say, no requ- require no appointment. This just makes absolute common sense. So we're not talking f- about pharmacists extending opioid prescriptions because uh, it's an easier path. This is not even going to be part of the question. I guess it would open the door for your 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 actual doctor, your GP, to do detective work, to actually have time with you, to, to break down what could possibly at the, be at the root of a real serious uh, possible medical condition that you have when they're not dealing with your sore throat. Uh, Alan, has the province indicated any timeline on this? None yet, um, and, and we are uh, in very early stages. I think the the ink is, is still a little bit wet on the budget announcements, uh, and so we're waiting for uh, for meetings to begin uh, between ourselves and the Ministry of Health. Uh, we're going to be meeting uh, in a, certainly in a very preliminary fashion, in a very uh, very uh, short period of time, uh, and this will be a, 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 an ongoing process. There's a lot a lot of things that will need to be worked out. Um, in, including the education, uh, including documentation, including the payment, uh, and what this what this needs to look like. I hear they're uh, going to look at an OHIP type of payment for you. Yeah, the, the, this is not the first time that pharmacists would be paid for for non dispensing types of services. Pharmacists are already prescribing uh, prescription medications in the area of smoking cessation, and these are services uh, that are that are funded through uh, through the Ministry of Health. So. Uh, this is not the first time uh, we will work very carefully uh, and closely with the ministry to facilitate that that process uh, and to make sure that it is uh, it provides the ministry with with key learnings and and observations on on this whole program as well as pharmacy and as and and I think it's uh, this will be uh, a great opportunity to expand service offerings to Ontarians. Sure. A lot of people need that 24-hour, uh, you know, uh, a pharmacy. And it's available to them now when they can be assessed and prescribed. That it, It's a great idea. 
Kelly, we're, we're very, very excited about this. We've been, we've been working with, uh, with the government and talking with government going back to 2008. Uh, and uh, this, is, this is one of two jurisdictions that, uh, where pharmacists do not have the ability. It is, uh, it is spreading right across the country. Pharmacists are providing these types of services. Patients are really uh, benefiting from it. Uh, and we're not seeing any problems with this. So, uh, you know, I think this is, this is uh, it's a good time, um, you know, for this to happen now. We're seeing incredible strains on our health system. We need all health providers, uh, pharmacists, nurses, nurse practitioners, doctors, working to their fullest capacity. And we need to be leveraging that expertise wherever we possibly can. This is a fantastic opportunity for pharmacy. Alan, I appreciate you answering uh, some of the questions that I had because I know I'm probably not alone. There are probably some of the questions that other people had and, and you've been very informative. Thank you very much for this. Kelly, it's my pleasure. Cheers. Alan Malik is Executive Vice President and Chief Pharmacy Officer for the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Do you like this idea? Would you put your trust into your pharmacist to assess you and prescribe your medication or, because I know a lot of people go to the same pharmacy. I do. So I really like my pharmacist pharmacist or are you of the mind that you put more trust into the doctor's opinion let's leave it up to the doctors